1: Bring in show music, please.
2: Hi, I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today on Squawk Pod, another rate hike. We're unpacking the Fed's big meeting and the market's even bigger reaction. Former vice chairman of the Federal Reserve, Roger Ferguson.
3: With a very, very strong labor market, even if the the read on GDP that we get later today is slightly negative, we're not in a recession.
2: Recession or no, times are tough for the American consumer, and comfort food is more expensive than ever. U.S. head of mac and cheese maker Kraft Heinz, Carlos Abrams Rivera.
4: It is, how do we They make grilled cheese night for the family for $1 a a grilled cheese? Whether it is, how do you feed a family of four lunches for a whole week for $20. Those
2: stories and Meta's first ever revenue decline, plus Washington's really big deal, and what it means for that other really big deal.
5: I just added up $739 billion for this new bill, plus the 280 for the CHIPS bill comes out to 1019. Is that a T? That's a T. That's a trillion.
2: It's Thursday, July 28th, 2022, and Squawk Pod begins right now. Recession? Recession? Oh, recession. So we got the reading of the U.S. gross domestic product, and for the second time, GDP shows a contraction in economic growth. The US economy shrank 0.9% in the second quarter of 2022.
4: Oh my gosh! Boy, not only was I wrong, down 9 tenths of 1% on first look at second quarter GDP.
2: That's our Rick Santelli reporting the numbers. Now, traditionally, Two consecutive quarters of GDP decline signal a recession, if you've been following along with our podcasts the past week. That official designation comes from the National Bureau of Economic Research, which makes a judgment several months after data comes out. So are we in it? A recession? Is two negative quarters the definition of a recession? It could be that the traditional signs don't signal what they used to the administration is hinting at just that. From the Treasury Secretary
6: on Meet the Press. I do want to emphasize what a recession really means is a broad-based contraction yeah. in the economy. And even if that number is negative, we are not in a recession now. And To
2: the um, National Economic Council director.
1: If you look at the full data and the type of data that NBER looks at, uh, virtually nothing signals that uh, this period in the second quarter uh, is recessionary, obviously in the labor to market. To
2: President Biden himself.
1: We're not in a recession, uh, in my view. My hope is we go from this rapid growth to steady growth. And uh, so see, we'll see some coming down. But I don't think we're going to, uh, God willing, I don't think we're going to see a recession. Thank you all. They're all
2: sort of redefining what a recession is. The chairman of the Federal Reserve Jay Powell, for his part, is looking closely at economic data to make decisions on interest rates. Now, I'm sure you've seen, the Fed hiked rates by 75 basis points yesterday, its fourth hike of the year. And that's in the ongoing effort to combat inflation. Another big increase of the benchmark rate could come this fall, Chair Powell said, when he briefed reporters yesterday. Good
7: afternoon. My colleagues and I are strongly committed to bringing inflation back But back. it depends on the
2: data. What about the
7: larger economy?
2: Well, according to him, nope. No recession now.
7: If you think about what recession really is, it's a broad based decline across many industries that you know that's sustained for more than a couple of months and there are a bunch of specific tests in it and, and it just doesn't this doesn't seem like that now. What we have right now doesn't seem like that. I do not think the US is currently in a recession. It's, there are just too many areas of the economy that are that are performing. We would have expected growth to slow. There's also more slowing going on now. But if you look at the labor market, you've got growth.
2: No recession doesn't mean the Fed will let up, though. As you'll hear from Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin throughout this podcast today, it's been an historic battle against inflation. And we're not finished yet.
5: I mean, it's a point and a half in two meetings for, for the Fed. We have, You don't see that very often historically, moves that big.
6: And by the way, they didn't say they're not raising next time, just said it's data-dependent. Maybe it'll be 75 basis points, maybe it'll be 50, but you can anticipate some additional rate hikes to come.
1: Let's talk about uh, Facebook's parent company, Meta, because it reported a steeper-than-expected drop in revenue. It missed estimates for earnings and issued a surprisingly weak forecast for the current quarter that reflects the drop-off in demand for digital ads that... Uh, markets have been grappling with since rival Snap report. If you remember last Thursday, we've been talking about it now on the call, company CEO Mark Zuckerberg addressing the advertising demand issue.
7: We seem to have entered a, an economic downturn that will have a broad impact on the digital advertising business. And it's always hard to predict how deep or how long these cycles will be, uh, but I'd say that the situation seems worse than it did a quarter ago.
1: And Zuckerberg said the company will be reducing headcount over the next year as it tightens its belt for the economic slowdown. Some of those issues, we should say, are still Facebook-centric, right. given, given, of, their, given their own challenges, but and, there is this broader issue. And Apple's
6: privacy, which makes it tougher Absolutely. for them to get through. I think we look at this maybe more as a, as a proxy of what to anticipate from small business, though, if, if they are getting hit a little harder, too.
1: On the advertising side, but I also think his total, some of the, num- the total numbers in terms oh, of agreed. people on the site Use case, all of that have have diminished, and that's a challenge. TikTok
5: taking competitively away from Facebook. I, I'm going to wait for the the next one. I mean, I, I skip Facebook. I skip. You're still TikTok. in MySpace. I, I, right. I'm going to do every three. So I did My. I did not do MySpace. Uh, by by the way. <music>
6: News out of Washington. Senator Joe Manchin has agreed to back a package aimed at lowering carbon emissions and curbing health care costs while raising corporate taxes. It is a revival of a reconciliation package that breathes new life into President Biden's policy priorities. According to the senators, the deal would raise roughly $739 billion, much of that coming from a 15 percent corporate tax minimum. Closing the tax loophole on carried interest and enhanced tax enforcement efforts at the IRS. Of that revenue, about $369 billion would be spent on climate change and energy programs, including tax credits for buying electric vehicles. $64 billion would go towards extending health care subsidies for three years for some Affordable Care Act users. And the rest of the new revenue, about $300 billion, would go towards reducing the deficit. Republicans are very likely to oppose this bill if it comes to a vote. So nearly every Democrat in Congress would have to back it, make that every Democrat in Congress.
5: You know, Manchin had been saying that I'm not going to be part of any, you know, adding additional fuel to the fire. I just added, number one, what happened to our little $58 billion chip bill? It's $280 billion now. And then this thing that that Manchin just agreed to, which may cause some Republicans not to want to do in the House, may cause them not to want to do the chips bill. So this one's—I just added up 739, 739 billion for this new bill, plus the 280 for the chips bill, comes out to 1019. Is that a T? That's a T. That's a trillion.
1: You add them together, that's what you get. But
5: Manchin stopped the two, three, four, five trillion that that was initially you know what hasn't it, happened they
6: haven't checked in with Kirsten Sinema yet I there's know, another senator you We know, need all 50 Democratic senators and I don't think anybody's checked her pulse in a while because they didn't think it was going to be a possibility this deal was kept so quiet I don't even think they weighed in with Sinema because her offices are saying that they need to look at this before they come out with any statements or anything right. that they have to say with this now in the past she has signaled that she'd do some of the things they're doing with this
5: but I, I, when we used to talk about Manchin I used to think wow what a rock all the pressure that he's under and the the member the other side would say we've been negotiating with him in good faith and he told us all along he was and he pulled the rug out from under us and flip flop and he betrayed it now now you're feeling the tables are turned what happened what happened to your feet of clay you said you wouldn't do this what happened what happened you know what he was how much pressure was he under from, from uh, not just the left, but the, the far left, but just from mainstream debt? They were so look, mad at I will at give him. him
6: the benefit of the doubt of being able to say that he can look at a deal and decide and determine that it's best for his constituency. I think that's what he's been kind of doing. West Virginia,
5: a climate deal? Well,
6: there's got to be something in it for West Virginia. It, it, yeah, between that, his you, conscience yeah, you're and right. his right. constituents. The devil's
1: in the details. Let's wait for the details. By the way, there's one component of this that I hope everybody at the table Carried does interest. love. Well, that <laughs> that yes, but even more so that they actually will fund the IRS, so that they will actually collect taxes finally in this country.
5: Well, I think we, yes. we collect
1: we collect the taxes that are. We, we have a great ta- We get a gr- we have a lot of revenue that comes in. Um, but d- I don't know if you saw the number. They were estimating one hundred twenty-four billion dollars will be collected under the new under the new system this is money that is already due
6: which I would rather the, see the American taxes on people beforehand I'd rather see them do that
5: well I'd just like to say up front I pay all my taxes all of them yeah, and, we and get if you if you right <laughs> and if you decide you're gonna hire a lot more of these guys and they are brutal um, then just I'm just telling you there's It'd be a waste of time. It's, it's hard with,
6: for people who be a waste are W-2. of time to
5: mess with me. We don't have any deductions anymore.
6: And it's hard for people who are W two earners to cheat right. on some of these. It's things not a, It's
5: not us. We're not the problem. Well, then you just should want that, if you, then you should be, in should be, favor be of it. pointing at all. Yeah. You fine. should be in favor of it as long this. as it. You know, as long as they just as, as long as they don't call you just a major push. Looking, you know, um, I just wonder. Are we? Do we have to pass this? Before we find out what's in it, what's in it that got mansion And what do we have to pat you?
6: You'll, you'll you hear. Pat, you'll,
5: you'll, hear. He, you'll hear. No, you know what? I,
6: yeah, you, you want to know what?
5: That's the old thing. That we need to. You don't know, remember when they said we need to pass it to find out what's in it? You remember that? I mean, everybody else has heard of that. Um, you, we need to pass it. Pelosi said that we need to pass it to find what's in it, um, because maybe there's something for mansion that's not for cinema, and that's the elephant in the room. If there's some, I don't know, some. You know, there always is. There's always pork for somebody in all these things to get to get someone on board. So you wonder about her. The pressure on her would be so immense. For Manchin, I, I guess I kind of understand what he's doing. If he's a Democrat, but which he, he is, is, and he says, no, I don't want to raise corporate taxes, no I don't want to do anything with climate change, no I don't want to do anything with prescription drug costs, how does he walk into that caucus? How does he call himself a Democrat if he doesn't do some of those things? If he wants to do what he used to do, just you know, just change parties, say what you are. You'll still get elected in West Virginia. So, but, uh, you know, so if he is a Democrat, I guess he's gotta act like one occasionally. On this vote, the
1: yeas are 64, the nays are 33. Three-fifths of the senators duly chosen and sworn, having voted in the affirmative, the motion is agreed to and the point of
5: order falls. In other news, out of Washington, the Senate to pass the CHIPS Act, a bipartisan bill aimed to help the U.S. compete with China. By injecting more than $52 billion into the domestic production of semiconductors, the bill uh, now heads to the House, uh, where lawmakers hope to pass it before the August recess. Uh, that's not the real number, though. The real number is 280 that's billion. That's
6: CHIPS alone.
5: Right. And the usual, you know, people are, are on the right are... Saying why it's such a profitable industry, why does it need subsidies, and what 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 people are the, on the strings? Right, people on, people the, on, the, left on, the, left, on the right that's and left. The that's issue, that's yeah. why it's nice and bipartisan. Uh, and well, on the right they'd say there's going to be too many uh, strings attached. Uh, on the right they'd say it, but on the left there's not going to be enough. They don't, they wouldn't want any buybacks, any dividend increases. So any anything that could get to that's what I don't really understand is they don't want it finding its way to shareholders, which are some of the same people that maybe work there. So it's... It
6: never lays out what the rest of the money's for. 39 billion for no, semiconductor this, yeah. manufacturing, 11 billion to advance semiconductor manufacturing research. Well, we're well, well, waking,
5: uh, waking up this morning to a trillion dollars of spending when we're trying to cut demand with the Fed, so...
6: Will be interesting
2: up next on squawk pod more fed speak breaking down the central bank's latest hike and what chair Powell has in store with former vice chairman of the Federal Reserve Roger Ferguson
3: I think the market maybe heard what they wanted to hear perhaps maybe leaning a bit more dovish than the chairman and the committee itself
1: at the UPS store we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday you can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need
0: Is there you can't do
1: um actually i don't have a good singing voice <clears throat> the ups Nope. but our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything
2: at least that's good the ups store be unstoppable most locations are independently owned product services pricing and hours of operation may vary see center for details come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time
0: what's on the horizon for financial markets
2: This is Squawk Pod
6: with more Fed speak. Here's Becky Quick. For more on the Fed's decision, let's bring in Roger Ferguson, former vice chairman of the Federal Reserve, who's also a distinguished fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations. He's the former CEO of TIAA and a CNBC contributor. And Roger, you you not only follow this for a living, you used to do this for a living, sitting in the Fed making these decisions. What what did you think about the Fed's tone yesterday? Was there reason to think that this is a much more dovish, dovish Fed? Was there reason for the market to take off the way it did?
3: I wouldn't go with a much more dovish Fed. So let's start with what did happen. They did come in at 75 basis points, as expected. There were no dissents, which I think is important because it does indicate that there wasn't really a team, uh, you know, 1% uh, that people had worried about. Um, But I think what happened in the press briefing was the opening statement from Chair Powell suggested that 75 might be appropriate, but data dependent. And I think that sounded to people as though maybe 50, more likely than 75. Uh, To be fair, I think they missed the uh, bigger picture, which is a strong statement around a 2% inflation target, you know, needing to see convincing evidence. Uh, And a a previous statement reiterated that the uh, path towards a soft landing was narrower and potentially getting narrower. So, I think the market may be heard what they wanted to hear, perhaps maybe leaning a bit more dovish than the chairman and the committee itself.
6: What do you think just about data dependent? As Steve mentioned, we have had some decent numbers that came in very recently, um, numbers that were better than expected that we got yesterday, and that could help on the GDP picture as well.
3: Well, look, I think there are two separate issues. One is uh, the debate as to whether or not we are in a recession. Uh, I thought Chair Powell handled that adroitly and carefully. By saying you know with a very, very strong labor market, even if the the read on GDP that we get later today is slightly negative we 're not in a recession. I thought he was you know adamant about that. The broader question on data dependence, I think he also always adds to that, and also the evolving outlook uh, because we know that they are you know the data coming in are by definition you know historic, and they have to think through uh, the positioning of of their interest rates, uh, which have a long and variable lag, versus outlook. And I think the market didn't hear that either.
6: Let's talk about the real economy and what we're hearing from CEOs on these earnings calls. You're a former CEO yourself. You start hearing things like Walmart talking about how its customers are feeling the pinch from inflation and they're not buying as many discretionary items. You hear from AT&T saying that they have customers who are paying their cell phone bills a couple of days later, which by the way, when you consider how important a cell phone is today, that's kind of striking. And then you have somebody like Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook saying that the advertising economy is definitely seeing a slowdown and they're going to have to adjust. Um, all of those real-world data points that are kind of up to the minute, what does that tell you?
3: Well, I think it tells me exactly uh, where you're leading us, which is that, in fact, the economy is softening. Um, we heard—we uh, saw in the statement from the Fed that they, their opening words changed to reflect that some recent data had shown some softening. Uh, and it does show, you know, that the the, the toll of inflation on households is, is noticeable. Uh, individuals are struggling to make ends meet, and the macro data show the same thing, which is basically that that uh, in real terms, I adjusted for inflation, uh, we still see that that uh, retail sales are negative. We see, you know, income is negative. So all of this is pointing the same direction, which is inflation is taking a toll on the economy. Things are slowing, yet we still have a very very tight labor market, and inflation itself has not really come down. And so that's the conundrum. The Fed is. is is dealing with right now.
6: So, Roger, if we're data dependent now, what are the one or two most important data points that the Fed will be watching over the next couple of months?
3: Uh, there's several. One, obviously, is inflation itself. And what I found interesting was that Powell talked about both headline inflation and core inflation. Uh, so they're not going to let go of you know what individuals deal with, including energy and food. Um, they're going to be looking at inflation expectations, which come out through both market indicators and also the um, University of Michigan survey has had a big impact on them. Uh, they are also very focused on this question of job creation and versus job openings. When you listen to what Powell had to say, part of what he's hoping for is that the job opening numbers starts to move down, uh, allowing for a softish landing uh, without a dramatic increase in unemployment. So they'll look at all of those uh, incoming data, and I think they will also continue, as everyone else does, uh, to listen to some of the anecdotal information, because you heard him mention some of that yesterday as well.
6: Roger, thank you. Good to see you.
4: Cheese will be next.
2: Still to come on Squawk Pod, Kraft Singles, Mac and Cheese, Oscar Mayer, America's favorite lunchbox. But- some of it is getting too pricey for american consumers president of kraft heinz u.s carlos abrams rivera on easing some of the pressure
4: how do we optimize our actual formulas so that we can bring in different ingredients that are made times actually be cheaper
1: at the ups store we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday you can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need
0: is there you can't do
1: um actually i don't have a good singing voice the ups Nope. but our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything
2: at least that's good the ups store be unstoppable most locations are independently owned product services pricing and hours of operation may vary see center for details come in today to get your holiday
0: goodies there on time this podcast is supported by fedex dear small and medium businesses See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.
2: You're listening to Squawk Pod. Stand Joe by in three,
7: two, one,
5: one. Joe. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan, along with Becky Quick and Andrew Ross Sorkin at Kraft Heinz uh, Beating Earnings. ESTIMATES FOR THE SECOND QUARTER, RAISING ITS SALES OUTLOOK FOR THE YEAR, THE FOOD GIANT SAYING REVENUE uh, INCREASED DESPITE SELLING FEWER ITEMS AS IT LIFTED PRICES TO DEAL WITH RISING FOOD COSTS AND INFLATIONARY PRESSURES. Uh, PRICES FOR ITEMS LIKE CEREAL, MEATS AND DAIRY ALL INCREASED MORE THAN 10% uh, FROM LAST YEAR. HERE'S WHAT FED CHAIR JAY POWELL HAD TO SAY ABOUT THE STATE OF THE CONSUMER YESTERDAY.
7: THEY'RE SUFFERING FROM HIGH INFLATION. THEY'RE GOING TO THE, the, uh, YOU KNOW, TO THE GROCERY STORE. and. F- FINDING that, THAT, YOU KNOW, in, IN MANY CASES, THEIR PAYCHECK, IT DOESN'T COVER THE FOOD THEY'RE ACCUSTOMED TO BUYING. WE'RE SEEING ACTUAL, YOU KNOW, REAL real DECLINES IN, in FOOD CONSUMPTION, AND, YOU KNOW, IT'S VERY CONCERNING.
5: CARLOS, uh, DECLINE IN FOOD CONSUMPTION, I, I'M WORKING ON THAT EVERY DAY, I, I TRY. CARLOS, uh, ABRAMS, RIVERA, NORTH AMERICAN PRESIDENT OF, of Kraft TIMES, IT'S GOOD TO HAVE YOU ON. DO YOU HAVE A... a an a, a overall number of price increases. I, with, with Pepsi, we finally got uh, Hugh Johnson to, uh, to concede it was about 12%. We just heard 10% for certain items at Kraft. What's the overall number? I know you did a lot with um, rationalization and, and getting rid of inefficiencies and, and to try to deal with the higher input costs. But just in terms of passing it along to consumers, was it 12%? Was it above,
4: below? What was it? Well, first of all, it's great to be with you. Uh, and listen, we have a lot of options for you. So uh, <laughs> hopefully yeah. you can continue enjoying our products as you go forward. Yeah. I will tell you, there's two things. First of all, there are, as you know, inflation going on, whether it's transportation, labor, critical supply ingredients that we have. I mean, overall, I would say the 12% is about the right range in terms of what we're seeing in terms of pricing. But the important thing is that we're actually not passing all those inflation up to consumers. We're actually looking to see how we drive, as you said, more efficiencies within our walls to make sure that the things that ultimately consumers are seeing is going to be less than they would have expected. So for us, it's both the responsibility of trying to do everything inside our house so that we don't pass those costs to consumers. And then secondly, is as we go into the stores, how do we make sure we offer consumers a best value possible? And I'll tell you that we're doing that for a couple of things. First is making sure that when they go in, they see great quality products at prices they can afford. And for that, let me give you an example. It is, how do we they make grilled cheese night for the family for $1 a a grilled cheese? Whether it is, how do you feed a family of four lunches for a whole week for $20? Those type of messagings where they can use our products, Oscar Myers, Kraft Singles, Kraft Mayo, in order for them to provide solutions that are still within an affordable kind of budget for them.
5: Carlos, the other thing that that we finally uh, settled on was that in addition to maybe some price increases, maybe there's a few more, uh, a, a little bit less of the product uh, a few more, a few, a fewer slices of cheese, what, however you would do it. Have, have, has that been part of, of Kraft Heinz's
4: strategy? It, it, other companies do that. Yeah, for us, our biggest focus in terms of strategy, in terms of how do we manage revenue management is in two areas. One is how do we optimize our actual formulas so that we can bring in different ingredients that are made times actually be cheaper, whether it is how do you substitute sunflower oil for other type of oils because of the situation, the conflicts in Ukraine. So that allows us to be more flexible in terms of how do we adapt our prices by changing the formulation and still be able to drive the quality products that we have. So that for us is kind of a better way for us to think about it. The other way we do it is how do we customize our products to the particular consumers in different points in in selling? So if you think about the fact there are certain type of consumers who are going to see a better value by going larger sizes. So us offering things like, you know, a craft mac and cheese in a five pack. Versus certain consumers who are really managing that entry price point into the category. So how do we have a lunchable for a dollar in a way that allows consumers and to have different ways in which they can access our products at different price points? That to me, those are two of our main strategies as we think about how we offer better solutions for consumers.
5: When you uh, sit around talking with, with all of your, uh, your colleagues, what, how long do you think we're going to be in this? uh in this position it because the fed is dealing with it we're all dealing with it transitory we re, re, retired that word but we're we're mindful that some of this is bottle supply chain bottlenecks or um i don't know the war in in ukraine there there are some extenuating factors how long are you are you planning for are you planning for dollar strength for, for years into the future, or what's, what's the prognosis that, that, that you guys come up with?
4: Listen, I'm not going to play senior economist in TV here, but what I will tell you is that this forces that you're seeing is what we are seeing. We are seeing dependent on how kind of actions effect takes, but there's also an asymmetric situation happening in our supply chain in where certain ingredients are more affected than others. So that is also part of the inflation that we're seeing, where in some cases, we are seeing some recovery of certain commodities in other ones are actually going the wrong way. For us, our focus is control the controllables, you know, the things that we internally can manage. And I think so far we have done that very well. We have now shown that we can deliver nine growth, nine quarters of growth in a row, that we can adapt to a situation, and we can continue to offer consumers choices in order for they stay with our brands. So that's our focus really is not trying to predict so much as it is being ready for those different changes that will happen through the months to come. All right, Carlos, uh, thanks. You, uh, I, I, you know, I used to love Kraft
5: macaroni and cheese. It's off my list now. But uh, God, if, if I ever get really skinny, I, m- I might go back to it. afterwards afterwards. just just, but not permanently it is awful good all right come back to us come on (laughs) okay (laughs) i like the spirals i like the little spirals oh no
6: i like this the elbow you like the
5: elbow
2: That's our podcast for this Thursday. Thank you so much for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. You can catch them live weekday mornings on CNBC starting at 6 a.m. Eastern. And you can get the best parts of our TV show by following us here on Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Squawk CNBC. Have an awesome day, and let's do this again tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys.
0: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you.